the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Well, thank you very kindly, sir, and a pleasant good afternoon to you and you and you. Good to have you on board with us for this edition of Lifeline. It is, of course, a Tuesday, the 26th of March. Hard to believe we're done with the first quarter of the year, Pertinier. My goodness, time flies while you're having fun. And while you're driving, time will fly certainly tonight with a very special conversation. A special guest joins us today in studio. I'll tell you all about who he is in just a moment. Meanwhile, I want to have you join me in turning back the clock to earlier this year, precisely January the 18th. It is the Pro-Life March on Washington, D.C., an annual event. People come from all over the country to honor life as they mark the anniversary of the tragic Roe versus Wade decision. This year, a group of high school students from a parochial school from Kentucky were visiting the Capitol to attend the march. And while they were there, waiting for a bus of all things, they were heckled and harassed after a group from the sect called the Black Hebrew Israelites began taunting them. The only thing that the mainstream news covered, unfortunately, was the ill-advised attempt of a Native American activist to try and calm the situation by beating a drum and staring down one of the high school students. But the kids didn't provoke the Native American, nor did they provoke the black Hebrew Israelites. In fact, it was the Hebrew Israelites who screamed and taunted and yelled racial slurs at the students, which ignited the confrontation, as a complete video of the event clearly shows. So who exactly are the black Hebrew Israelites? Where do they come from, and what do they believe? Well, joining me today in studio is sort of our our resident cult expert, very dear friend of many, many years, and a very familiar voice to KFAX listeners. He's the host of Contending for the Faith, heard every Saturday at 7 p.m. right here on KFAX Radio. He is a counselor, a lecturer, expert on the cults, and uh, joins us now in studio to help shed some light on the background and beliefs of the black Hebrew Israelites. Dr. Jerry Buckner, as always, great to see you. Craig, it's always a blessing to be in the studio with you. It brings back uh, precious and historical memories. Yeah, we got a lot of years together. <laughs> yes, We're still sir. good looking and young. There just, you go. I just say that for the audience to make note of. <laughs> they can't see us, but I'll testify that you're as young looking as you ever were. And if you'll say the same about me, we're in good shape. I will say the same thing All about right. you. Every time I look in the mirror, when it doesn't break, I'm in good That's shape. That's it. In the company or two of our witnesses. <laughs> now you have it. Let's talk a bit about this group. As I mentioned, at least for me personally, Uh, They kind of came on my radar screen when they hit the national news along about the timing of the the pro-life march in Washington, D.C., and and we saw kind of the tail end of this confrontation that more involved some of the students from Covington 
uh, parochial school out of Kentucky and the um, the Native American Indian protester. But really, as I suggest, this goes back to um, an exchange that took place between these students who were literally on the mall waiting for a bus and the black Hebrew Israelites. Who exactly are they? Well, that's a very good question. And just to elaborate more upon the the situation that happened there with the Covington students is that, um, you know, the liberal media has a tendency of jumping to conclusions without uh, investigating. All it took was five minutes or less to look at the tapes by which they had, but they refused to do that, and they jumped to conclusion because a lot of the liberal media, they hate Trump. And so when they saw those kids wearing hats that uh, make America great again, they immediately started calling them racist and uh, this sort of thing. And, and assumed that they were the instigators. Yes, yeah. right, right. And, uh, and uh, because they didn't investigate, uh, what we are told is that the Washington Post is being sued $250 million, uh, along with uh, CNN. And so this is a wake-up call to not uh, jump to conclusions without having uh, evidence. And so what they realized, and all of us realized, was that in the background, if they would have looked at the bigger picture, they would have saw that the, these were uh, black uh, Hebrew Israelites in the background that instigated and started it all. And uh, they were calling the young uh, kids uh, a bunch of child molesters, just like your damn uh, Donald Trump. Look at all these uh, dusty, rusty crackers and, uh, you know, and that sort of thing. And so uh, this is a situation that uh, brought the attention to me, and the media constantly is bringing these, uh, this group up. And they are on YouTube growing, uh, online growing. And uh, the thing that's so important for us to understand is that a lot of churches today don't understand who they are and what they are, and I'm glad you brought me in so that I can kind of like break that down. I want to first of all say that the uh, black Hebrew Israelites don't like to be called the black Hebrew Israelites. They look at that as a slur, uh, but historically they used to be called that, but they like to be called Hebrew Israelites because they believe that they are the genuine Hebrew Israelites. So, so is this uh, sort of... Um when you say that, I think of British Israelism, mm-hmm. and 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 you know we would certainly, from a scriptural viewpoint, say, well, here here is a group that is attempting to co-opt the 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 not only racial lineage but the 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 called out ones of God, the chosen people uh, lineage of the true Israelites. Mm-hmm. So is this something similar then in in the sense that they're sort of trying to say, no, not them, it's actually us? Yes, very okay. much so. Uh, they're not uh, monolithic, uh, the black Hebrew Israelites. And I'm going to say this is that, but they are eclectic and syncretistic. And let me break down what I mean by that. They draw from many different beliefs. Uh, a gentleman who uh, wrote a book named Jacob S. Dorman explains that the black Hebrew Israelites creatively manipulate traditions and ideas gleaned from a wide range of sources. An example, Holiness Pentecostal Christianity, British Anglo-Israelite movement, Freemasonry, 
uh, mind power, theosophy, Judaism, the occult, and African-American Christianity, and also from the Old Testament, as well as they put with the New Testament and Old Testament together, and then they throw in there, too, with the Apocrypha and Pseudepigrapha. So much for my question about how close do they maintain alliance to the teachings that are found in the Torah or the, or the, the, <laughs> the Pentateuch. Mm-hmm. It almost sounds like, in a sense, and this is an arena that you are an expert on, a nationally recognized expert in the nation of Islam. It almost sounds like a little bit of this picking and choosing going on, dependent upon who the audience is in order to draw people in, because Farragon, his teachings are often sprinkled with, yes, aspects of of Islam, but also aspects of Christianity, and they'll talk about Jesus, but of course not as Savior, and it it almost seems to be sort of this this hodgepodge, almost like a buffet that's being served up to try to attract anybody. So if you come from a Pentecostal background, there'll be things that will resonate with you, and if you come from a strict Islamic background, Muslim background, there'll be things that resonate with you, and they kind of mix it all together in order to kind of pull people into this this vortex of this false teaching. Is that, oh, is that yes, generally absolutely. accurate? Oh, yes, absolutely. You're right on target with that. And, you know, it, it's the, the Nation of Islam also include in their teachings also the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. And now Farrakhan is connected with Scientology. I've seen that, yeah. Uh, because uh, anything <laughs> that, something for everybody yeah, here. <laughs> anything that has to do with money, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> Farrakhan, he'll jump on the bandwagon with that. Now, the thing that's so interesting is that uh, Farrakhan, when I call his name Farrakhan, I said they picked a good name, Farrakhan, Con, yeah, because he's constantly conning <laughs> uh, the people. But uh, the one of the things that uh, also we need to look at when it comes to the black Hebrew Israelites is that they also uh, identify themselves as the true Israelites because they will take from Deuteronomy 28. You know where it talks about God says, I will bless you who uh, serve me. If you don't serve me, you will be cursed. And it talks about bondsman and bondswoman. So they say, isn't that us? Doesn't that look like us? We are the Mm. true Jews because we came out of real oppression and racism. And so they really emphasize a whole lot upon the Deuteronomy 28 uh, chapter. And they really pull that into uh, recruiting people into it. And so one of the things that has really kind of like convicted me to do something about this, you know, because most churches, uh, just like I ask you how much you know about it, you said you don't know that much. Well, that's true with most churches and pastors as well. The uh, black Hebrew Israelism is not only influencing a lot of young blacks, but they're also influencing a lot of uh, young black females as well because they know if they can get to the young black uh, men, they can get to the young black women. They're very similar to the Nation of Islam because they really feed a lot into racism. The Nation of Islam does that too. So uh, when they feed into racism, they're also feeding into anger and rage. And when they justify rage and anger, it becomes a very tasting religion. Also, let me say this too, Greg. They also have had a tremendous amount of influence uh, in the rap world. Let me give an example. Kendrick Lamar, well-known rapper, and he did a platinum album entitled Down, referring to black Americans as uh, down by God because they were not keeping the laws and the commandments, and they are suffering 
the curses of Deuteronomy 28. And then uh, uh, Chinky, uh, he's another one that's involved uh, with, uh, connected with them. Kodak Black, Boys to Men, they are also involved. Uh, also, uh, the former uh, Phoenix Sun player, Omar Stoudemire, he's involved with it. And Dougie Fresh actually did a video with them. And then listen to this one now. Whitney Houston said that Ben Amin Ben Israel was a spiritual father to her. Mm. So when you see that uh, a, a large segment of the black community is starting to be attracted to this, this is something, this is a wake-up call. This is really yeah. a wake-up call to, and a challenge to the not only the black churches, but churches as a whole, because we have to deal with the issue of identity and uh, belonging and racism. And the church has been weak in this area. And these groups are feeding into that like the Nation of Islam, and they're sucking people into it. Yeah, we wonder what happens to the young people in the church today. And what's Mm -hmm. happening is organizations like this are figuring out they can tweak the message slightly. They can capitalize on a sense of people being disenfranchised, downtrodden, disconnected, and essentially capitalize on that to their own benefit. If you've just joined us with us today in studio, of course, is Dr. Jerry Buckner. Dr. Buckner hosts Contending for the Faith every Saturday evening at 7 p.m. right here on KFAX. He's going to be teaching a very special workshop Um, A Christian Response to the Black Hebrew-Israelite Movement that will be taking place this coming Saturday, March the 30th, hosted at Progressive Community Church that's at 2820 South B Street in Stockton, and uh, it'll be from 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 in the afternoon. Folks want to get more information, should they call you directly on that? Yes, they can call me directly. Uh, They can reach Dr. Buckner at area code 415-721-1778. That's 415-721-1778. Two one one seven seven eight. I mentioned too, by the way. I realize for a, a lot of folks here in the Bay Area, Stockton might be a bit of a trek. Although maybe you listen and commute from Stockton, but perhaps as you hear the discussion this afternoon with Dr. Buckner unfold, you might want to invite him to come into the teaching on this very topic at your church here in the Bay Area. All right, let's pause for a moment. We're going to get you updated on some traffic. We'll come back to more of our conversation. Some insights on the background, history, and theology of the. Black Hebrew Israelite movement as this edition of Lifeline continues. Let's get a look at traffic right now, 518 on the clock, and on traffic, here's Steve Ferreira. Steve? And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Thank you. Back to our conversation. Dr. Jerry Buckner is with us today in the studio. Dr. Buckner, of course, is the host of Contending for the Faith Heard every Saturday at 7 p.m. right here on KFAX. We are talking about a special seminar that he's going to be presenting this weekend at Progressive Community Church in Stockton entitled A Christian Response to the Black Hebrew-Israelite Movement. And Dr. Buckner, I was struck as you were mentioning some of the, the aspects that 
are sort of woven into the propaganda behind this in order to try and attract as large an audience as possible in a mixture of, of sort of, you know, Judaism and Christianity and uh, Pentecostalism. And, and there seem to be even some, uh, some undertones of identity politics and liberation theology in here that would definitely resonate with those that feel as if I have been disenfranchised, I've been um, abused by systematically or institutionally uh, through, um, you know, overt and historical acts of racism. And so, therefore, this this feeling of being able to come up and above all of all that uh, would be very attractive, it seems oh, to me. Oh, yeah, and especially when you uh, will take what you just said and then take the Bible and isogeate it you know, and read into it things that is not true. So that lets us know this is a wake-up call that, and we'll get into that a little bit later on, this is a wake-up call for us to know what we believe and know why. Because the big issue is not for us, number one, to know what they believe, but to know what we believe and why. Because there's a lot of people today, Craig, uh, they believe in Jesus, but they don't know about him. Uh, because I could uh, go to church after church after church and say, you believe in the Trinity? Yes, I do. And I say, well, tell me about the Trinity. Where is the, where is the evidence for the Trinity? And do you not know? Most Christians don't know, and most pastors don't know, because we haven't been discipled. And if uh, we don't disciple up here, this is like a, a real wake-up call, because when it comes to the uh, black Hebrew Israelites, they deny all of the cardinal doctrines of the Bible, every one of them. They deny every one of them. So that makes them a cult. So foundationally, from a theological standpoint, what, do they have any um, uh, canonical uh, scriptures that they observe at all? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they go along with scriptures in terms of, uh, you go, because the black Hebrew Israelites, they go by the name camps not groups or anything like that. Okay. They like the word camps, okay? So you have, you have various groups. You have some that are extremists. Not all of them are extremists. Some of them are deeply into the law of Moses. And so would they, for example, keep the law in terms of dietary regulations, observing the Sabbath, things of that sort? Oh, yeah. They keep all of okay. that. And they worship on Saturday. So, and then they don't believe in eating pork. And there was, uh, you know, when you talk about racism, uh, I will be addressing that when I uh, do my presentation. When you talk about racism, there was one person who, uh, there's one story told about a guy who uh, wanted to become a member of the black Hebrew Israelites. And uh, he was really interested, but he told him, he says, you know, I'm married to a white lady. And uh, they said, uh, and he said, what should I do? They said, in order to become a member here, you've got to divorce her. Wow. In order to become a member here. And do you not know, he divorced her, and they had children too. So it's a serious situation, but it's their law keepers, uh, dietary situations, Sabbath, they do everything that Moses did in the Old Testament. Then you have some other groups who are more uh, Old Testament, New Testament. So there's various groups amongst them because they're growing so rapidly 
that uh, you can't determine what their be- uh, a lot of their beliefs are because the leaders in the group can change like a drop in a hat or something in a hat. Is there enough theological variety here that we could say in, as a point of comparison to help listeners that we might see a differentiation in terms of what they believe and practice as we would see differences between, say, for example, uh, Orthodox Jews, Hasidic Jews, uh, Reformed Jews, liberal Jews. We would see a broad uh, swath of, of teachings and adherence to fundamental... Um, biblical teaching from from the, the old from the Pentateuch from from the Old Testament uh, or the books of Moses, but but again enough variety that it's sort of a yeah, different enough, flavor from sect to sect. Variety uh, of the Old Testament, New Testament, because they only believe in the King James uh, Bible. <laughs> well, a lot of Jews would yes. say, "Well, there's your first problem." There's the first problem right there, <laughs> and then but they say that uh, King James was black. <laughs> That's what they say. Okay, that might become a bit of a surprise to the British, but, you know, who's to say? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so the King James is the, the book by which they use, but the big emphasis is upon Deuteronomy 28. And they hammer that with the newcomers, and this is us. This is us. You know, you look at that, and they said the reason why people went into, the blacks went into slavery it's because of the fact that they didn't keep the laws of God, getting back to the Ten Commandments and the laws of God and that sort of thing. And God said, I'll curse you if you don't do that. And if you don't obey my laws, you will be cursed. And so you were, they said that the slave masters were not responsible for putting us into slavery. It was ourselves because we didn't keep Deuteronomy 28. Not unlike what we would consider to be the legitimate children of Israel. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this just as a point of, of clarification for listeners, because I know some right now are saying, wait a minute, Dr. Buckner, are we confusing this at all from African Jews? For example, there is a, a large in New York City, and I would imagine other parts of, of the U.S. as well, populations of Ethiopian Jews who are very much in terms of their their, their lineage Jewish, and yet obviously black. We're not talking about that same group We're not here. talking about that same group. Okay. There, there is a, uh, that's interesting you say that, there is a, what we call a, a Jewish uh, movement. Uh, it is a roots Jewish movement, and that can be with the people that you just mentioned, Messianic Jews, mm-hmm. and then you have Jews for Jesus, which is more closer to Christianity, but this movement among Jewish roots fits into the category of what you're talking about. And some of them can be Christian. Some of them can be caught up into the law. Mm-hmm. Some of them can be caught up with the law. And they try to include grace, too, and, and which is enough, problematic. And there's enough complexities here, because let's face it, at the end of the day, if Jesus were sitting here right now, he'd look a lot closer to you than, 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 than me. Mm-hmm. So, so there is... There is, from a, from a racial standpoint, there are certain legitimate realities here. Oh, yeah. But what you're suggesting is that we should not confuse an Ethiopian Jew, for example, in, in my example, with the black Israelites because they are coming from an entirely different set of teaching. There is not necessarily any sort of a of, of, of racial lineage that we're able to, to track back. In other words, it could be somebody who's Haitian, Jamaican, or from the continent of Africa. We don't know. It, it seems to be almost as if they're recruiting in a sense. Oh, yeah, they're trying to recruit. And this is one of the reasons why they try to 
go away from the word black Hebrew Israelites. They look at that as a slur. They look at that as being racist to them because they're trying to fit in right with the principle that we are the true, genuine Jews. Mm -hmm. And because they have that mindset, they are bringing in people from the groups you're mentioning, but also from the black community as well. So it goes back again to uh, the two serious principles here. And one is that we better make sure that we are equipping the saints for the work of God. And then pastors have to upgrade their area of discipleship because most of these people that are joining these groups have they're ignorant regarding the scriptures, they're ignorant regarding who the Trinity is, the deity of Christ, the bodily resurrection, the atonement, and on and on. And then a big issue, too, when you're dealing with the black Hebrew Israelites is the whole issue of sanctification, showing the differentiation between sanctification, that we're sanctified by the Holy Spirit through grace, through faith alone, you know, and but they include the law and works. So we need to disciple our people in the area of true sanctification. But another thing is, I'll, I'll let the people know this too when I'm lecturing, there is one person in the Bible that the black Hebrew Israelites cannot stand. They don't like him too much, and that's the Apostle Paul. Because when you talk about his letter to the Galatians... <laughs> so Galatians 3 becomes problematic all of a sudden, doesn't it now? <laughs> I think if Paul was alive, they would probably try to uh, put him uh, put him to sleep some way, uh, you know, through some uh, brutal, brutal let's, attack. Let's pause on that, because I don't want your answer to be interrupted, Dr. Yes. Buckner, because it does raise, I think, an important question, not only in terms of, of gaining a better understanding of the, the um, theology of this group, but also the broader question for all of us, and that is, in God's economy, in the New Testament or New Covenant economy, does God at all consider the black or the white, the free, the slave, the Greek, or the Hebrew? We'll talk about that. Dr. Jerry Buckner with us today in studio. I'll mention again that Dr. Buckner is going to be presenting a special workshop called A Christian Response to the Black Hebrew Israelite Movement. That'll be at Progressive Community Church located at 2820 South B Street in Stockton. That'll be this Saturday, March the 30th from 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Not that far of a drive. Take some time off and head down there and uh, and join in. If you'd like to talk about potentially having Dr. Buckner come to your local congregation here in the Bay Area and present this workshop. He'd love to talk with you. You can get more information about that or his workshop coming up on Saturday by calling area code 415-721-1778. That's 415-721-1778. Let's take a brief time out. We'll come back to more of our discussion. Talk about the problem of Apostle Paul and Galatians 3 with this particular movement as Lifeline continues. Right now, though, there's another problem with another movement, and that's the movement of traffic on the Bay Area roads. You're in it. You probably know better than I do. Let's see what's going on. We've got the latest right now from the KFAX Traffic Center and Steve Farrar. Steve, what's going on?
And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, and we continue our conversation. Dr. Jerry Buckner with us today in studio. And, of course, Dr. Buckner, you can catch his program, Contending for the Faith, every Saturday at 7 p.m. right here on KFAX. We are talking about the black Hebrew Israelites and some of their teachings. Again, they've sort of come into um, the national spotlight following um, a bit of a dust-up that happened between students from a um, a Catholic high school that were in Washington, D.C. for the um, National March on Washington and the annual Right to Life uh, event that takes place there every January. And um, it turns out that they were sort of the instigators of all this. And um, we thought it would be important to help educate you. I knew, admittedly, I knew very little about them, and they, they kind of just snuck up on the scene. But as we're learning from Dr. Buckner, they're, they're not new, they're not tiny, and they're certainly not something to be ignored. How long has this group been around? What, are the, what do their roots go back to? This group, this goes back to the 1800s. Really, really, it even goes back further than that. Uh, a lot of people are shocked when I tell them this, but it goes all the way back to the time of oppression and slavery because uh, back then there were a lot of um, um, African slaves who were starting to develop a sense of, uh, of identification with um, Moses and the children of Israel. And you remember they sung that famous song, Go Down Moses, Way Down in Egypt Land. Mm-hmm. Tell my people go, let them go. So it started really pretty much back then. I mean, that's a long time ago. And yet there were other leaders who took over from there, Frank Cherry and uh, Crowdy and others in the 1800s and just kind of led it on. Then others started jumping on the bandwagon. So this movement has been going on all since the time of slavery. And it sounds like they continue to, to, from sect to sect, this, of course, varies, as you've delineated, <coughs> but it sounds as if they they modify enough of the message to give a modern-day feel to it, a current-day twist to it, so it doesn't sound like something that's coming out of the days of old, per se. I mean, as you as you mentioned before the break, there's, there's a smattering of Christianity in there, and uh, Pentecostalism, Judaism, and maybe even a taste or two of of Islam, sort of something for everybody to create as broad appeal as it possibly can. Oh, yeah. And this is where the church has to step up to the plate and uh, help us, help the black community and all people in Christ to come to grips with that the greatest identity that we can have is not into black identity, white identity, brown identity, but uh, grace identity and into the forgiveness identity because God is not into race. He's into grace. Well, and then let's talk yes. about this because mm-hmm. we mentioned before the break, Doctor Buckner, and, and it's a good time to to, to dive into this before we get to callers. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do they deal with the problem? I'll, I'll use the term problem. The problem of Galatians three and twenty eight that there's neither Jew nor Greek nor bo- uh, bond nor free nor male nor female, but we're all in one in Christ Jesus. They don't know how to deal with it. That's why they don't really like the Book of Galatians. That's why I always tell people that uh, if you want to witness to them, because they are Judaizers today, and the Judaizers could not stand Paul writing this as well. He speaks with great authority, (laughs) doesn't he? Yes, he does. And then it also says in Galatians, um, what is it, Galatians uh, 3, 
And I believe, uh, what is it? It's Galatians 3. Yeah, Galatians 3. And it says uh, in verse 10, For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Curses is everyone that continues not in all the things that are written in the book of the law to do them. So Paul is saying those who are living by the old covenant, because the book of the writer of Hebrews, he mentions that the uh, the old covenant is obsolete, meaning that we are under grace with a, with a new covenant that God has built in our hearts. And so the greatest law today is not doing a bunch of do's and don'ts. The greatest law today is what Jesus said, the love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two hang all the laws and the prophets. And Paul said in Romans chapter 13 that love is the fulfillment of the law. So, I mean, it's, it's done in love. Well, it's not let's face done it, in a bunch of do's and don'ts. If we had been successful at being keepers of the law... <laughs> God could have said, well, there's no need for me to sacrifice my only begotten son because you all are doing just fine. Mm -hmm. And we know, of course, that wasn't the case, that we could not control ourselves. And we constantly broke the law. And so in God's eyes, now all of a sudden there's a major problem here. We have this sinning creature that he wants to walk in fellowship with but can't because this huge wall called sin stands in our way. Oh, yeah. And the substitutionary work of Christ on the cross is the ultimate sacrifice as the means by which we might then come out from underneath the law and the bondage of the law. So this becomes very problematic theologically for uh, this particular sect. It, it really does. And also what becomes problematic is uh, Paul's writing in Colossians chapter 2, where he simply talks about judge no man upon you know the new moon, the Sabbath, and these things are, and uh, feast days, these things are only a shadow, but the substance is Christ. And there was a story one time about a guy who was uh, going to meet his uh, fiancée at the airport, and he was so excited about seeing her. And so when she got off the plane, he started running towards her, and he was running, and all of a sudden, before he got to her, this is a true story, before he got to her, the shadow of her went before him. He fell down on the shadow and and fell down and hit his mouth and knocked his teeth out. Ooh. And it reminds me of what Paul is saying. Uh, don't kiss the, you know, these things that are the shadows. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry. So this is what Paul is saying. The, all the new moons, the Sabbath day, and all those things are shadow, but Christ is the substance. He is everything that we need. We don't need anything else. But he also says don't judge. And so when you're in the flesh, which these the Hebrew Israelites are, they're going to be judging us upon everything, you know, because they judge uh, whites, you know, what they say about whites. I mean, this is what most of them, especially the extremists, that they say that whites are subhuman. They say that whites, like the nation of Islam, are um, devils. Uh, they say well, that we've all met a few that are, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> that's an all racist. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then they say that the Jews are imposters. They say that they are the uh, synagogue of Satan. Wow. And uh, that's mentioned in the book of Revelation. Uh, they uh, hate homosexuals. And then 
They will even go as far as this. Now, listen to this carefully. They will say, and most Christians don't know what to do when it comes to this, and I was just taught a class on evangelism. They will say that God even hates. And uh, and you say, wow, where did they get that at? Well, they get it from the book of Romans and in Genesis where God says, uh, Jacob I love and Esau I hate. But what you have to do from a Hebraic standpoint is look at the, what that word hate means. The word hate is different from from the way we use hate today. In the Hebraic sense, the word hate was always in reference to priority and preference. So the promise was coming through Jacob, and so he was saying, God was saying, I really hate Esau in the sense of his pride. And they don't even call white people white people. They call them red, hairy red people. That's what the black Hebrew Israelites do. So we got to look at certain words, the way they isogene them, the way they add to it. And the Bible says, don't add or take away, or God will take away your part in the book of life. So this is so serious. Serious. This is a serious cult that the church got to come up with answers. And the Bible tells us, commands us in 1 Peter 3 and 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks of you a reason to hope that's in you with meekness and fear. It's, that's a command. But the only way you're going to be able to do that is to be equipped and discipled, and that's a weakness in a lot of our churches today. Let's take a time out. We're going to come right to your calls. If you want to join us with a comment or a question for Dr. Jerry Buckner, 888 That's 888 AX. Your calls right after the break. Let's get a look at traffic right now. Back over to the KFAX Traffic Center and Steve Ferreira with the latest. Steve? And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. I I am fearful we're going to have to uh, truncate our conversation here shortly because Dr. Buckner has another commitment this evening. But this is going to be uh, part one of a series uh, because we definitely need to dive into this and other ancillary topics that, that, that really dive into the challenges that the church is facing and ways in which our failures to properly disciple young people in particular are opening up doors for organizations like this to be able to essentially come in and pluck our children right out of church and into these cults. Let's get to some calls here before our time more wraps up. We've got Rick in my hometown of South San Francisco. Rick, come on in with your comment or question for Dr. Jerry Buckner. Uh, yes. How are you all doing? And uh, here's my question. Uh, you, you mentioned the, the, the history of the, uh, of the uh, Black Hebrew movement going all the way back to slavery. But when did it when did it become an anti-Semitic movement? Because in early slavery, when they when they sang the song about "Go Down Moses," there was a, there was an identity with the Jews uh, in terms of oppression. Of course, right, right. Well, actually, that's a very good question, and it was in 1886. You may want to make a note of this. It was in 1886 where Frank Cherry. He started a church for the black Jews, notice this, um, and uh, in Tennessee called 
the Church of the Living God. Now, remember I said that a lot of Pentecostal stuff was associated with this thing. The Church of the Living God, the pillar of ground of truth for all nations. Uh, he didn't accept whites into the movement, so this is where you're having a lot of problems, whites and uh, Jews, because they looked at the uh, blacks as being the Jews. And then we have from there, uh, after that, we had in 1896, uh, William Crowdy, he founded a church in Kansas called the Church of God and the Saints of Christ. And uh, uh, th- this individual, he actually had started uh, accepting whites in the movement, and they didn't grow that well because they, he included whites. And so that's a little bit of history of when it started in the 1800s. But it certainly sounds like they were gaining traction in a post-emancipation southern part of the country where there was there was a lot of unrest. Uh, we know even with the the dispensing of slavery that the, you know, right, right on the heels of that came the Jim Crow laws. Mm-hmm. So a lot of disenfranchised blacks in that part of the country were, were looking for answers. We're looking, looking for, for somebody answers, to say, hey, yeah. somebody's got to stand up for us here. And if you have a identity movement that now says to you, you're not low, you're high, because you are a part of God's chosen people. Wow. I mean, of course that's going to be it's going appealing. It's going to be very appealing. Sadly, um, that's something that's open for everyone within Christ Jesus. That was the one element that they left out, though. Oh, so yeah. they're, they're essentially putting these poor people that are coming out of bondage into going from literal bondage to now spiritual bondage. That's right. That's right. And, and it's uh, parallel to even going back to the 1930s with the nation of Islam on the Wallace D. Fard. Here's a, a white guy, and, and I generally shocked the nation of Islam when I say that uh, Wallace D. Fard was white. He was white, and he came to Detroit in the 1930s. Well, when you remember, 1930s was a time of a great racism, the oppression, land in that part the of the Ku-Klux country, Klan, yeah. police brutality. And then you also got to remember from a historical standpoint that this is when the Depression hit. And then you had a lot of churches being inward rather than outward. And so the Nation of Islam under Wallace D. Ford, he was out there reaching the black community, becoming a sense of white hope, giving them food, same thing that Jim Jones was doing, and uh, talking about injustices and on and on. And they started sucking into this his religion, and that's mm-hmm. what the thing. So it fits into the same thing that you've same been memo. saying. Yeah. Same memo. Mm-hmm. Rick, does that answer your question? It does. It, it, it also just opens up uh, some other areas too. Like uh, you know, the, the common the common element in all that is that there's faith. Whether whether it's uh, whether it's through the uh, through the black uh, Hebrew movement or even through a Christian identity movement, which is white, because you, you mentioned the word identity movement, mm-hmm. which is the which is the, which is the ra- which is a racist ingredient in all these groups. Well, the Bible never intended any racism to be there in the first place. That's right. The only race that God is involved with is the uh, the uh, race of, of faith. Well, and that brings us back to, again, that, that uh, Galatians 3. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Becomes very problematic if you're trying to promote this as, as a single answer, uh, to be sure. Rick, thanks so much for your call tonight. Uh, doctor, as our time winds down, um, help kind of put a, a bow on all of this. Um, summarize the danger here for the church if this movement continues unchecked? 
The danger, that's a really good question. The danger fits into Hosea uh, 6 and 4. Uh, if my people, uh, actually not uh, that's the Chronicles, but uh, Hosea where it talks about my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that summarizes everything, uh, Craig, because if we are not equipped to know the Word of God, then this group, along with a whole bunch of other groups, will come in and uh, take us right away from our Christian beliefs, faith, roots, and everything like that. We got to be discipled. We got to be equipped. We got to be trained, and we got to know what we believe and know why. Because I'm not so much concerned about the danger of them. What's more dangerous? is us not knowing our faith and, and, and knowing the God that which we serve. And that really leads to my last and final question, and that is that it sounds like the real answer here in addressing this is less so about us studying what they believe and what they teach, because it sounds like they're all over the map anyway, and it varies from sect to sect and, and portion of the country to portion of the country. Uh, what, what the real danger here is the believer not knowing and understanding, the church not doing its job, the proper um, discipleship not being in place, the true examination of the unadulterated Word of God being taught, memorized, and put to use. Those areas lacking within the church today that creates the fertile ground in which these kinds of cults, whether we're talking about black Israelites or the nation of Islam or Scientology or any other ism that's out there that departs from true historical Christianity, therein lies the real danger, the ignorance of the church. That's so true. And we look at the history of the, the church, going back to the early church, Polycarp. We look at Tertullian. And by the way, Tertullian was not white. And uh, he was from Africa, and he coined the term Trinitas. All of these people here were trying to get us into the Word of God and the Word of God into us. If we don't get into the Word of God, then it opens up Pandora's box for all the evil of the world come in. Dr. Buckner, we'd love to have you come back and dive into this deeper. Uh, Meanwhile, again, I'll remind you, Dr. Buckner is going to be presenting a special workshop on this very topic, A Christian Response to the Black Hebrew Israelite Movement. That'll be coming up on Saturday. That's this Saturday, March 30th, from 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Progressive Community Church in Stockton. More details, and if you'd like to invite Dr. Buckner to come and conduct a church at your congregation here in the Bay Area, uh, you can call the same number for information about an event at your church or this workshop on Saturday. Telephone number to call, area code 415-721-1778. That's 415-721-1778. Be sure to tune in Saturday evenings at 7 p.m. for Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Dr. Buckner, is always a delight and an education to have you with us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Six o'clock from KFAX San Francisco. Let's get a look at traffic ahead of some headline news and the latest with Steve Ferrero. Steve? Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.